best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I'm your host today, Jared Timms, and I'm joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Jared. How about you? I have a weird feeling you're not going to feel fantastic after this podcast, but it's uh, winter meeting time. Like it's it, it's fun. It's a good time. 
We'll see. Apologize for not getting out a podcast on Monday. You guys can't tell. It's a little bit of a sickness. And nobody can tell. Nobody can Literally tell. nobody. It doesn't it doesn't sound Ty, Ty, Tyler was just out here telling me fiance was out here telling me that I sound like shit and that I shouldn't do it. I think it was just because I she didn't want me to record tonight. That, that's the, probably it. For the amazing fans, by the way, side note, just hit 500 subscribers on YouTube. Absolutely love it. Thank Man. you. Yeah, thank you guys for that. That's awesome. Really do appreciate it. Keep it going. If you uh if you have a friend that likes angels or baseball in general, uh send them our way. You know, we uh we love talking baseball in general and angels in particular. So Nate, 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 you mentioned it already. Winter meetings. Big day, big day. Actually, honestly, it really was big Monday. Um yeah. in general. A lot of money was spent. Um, and I, I have a feeling we're going to continue to see a lot of money spent on the next until Thursday, which is when the winter winter meetings end. And I feel like we're probably going to have a podcast every day. I, I would assume. Yeah, I think that's put, fair. I think that's fair to say we're probably going to put one out. So kind of be expecting that. Um, what we will see where it goes from there. But uh, but yeah, a couple big splashes. Of course, Justin Verlander goes to the Mets. Uh, Trey Turner goes to the Phillies. Interesting signings. I know we want to talk about Turner, but the big one for us, of course, it might not be big in the in the baseball world, but the big one for Angels fans. Uh, the Angels sign Charlie Sheen's brother, Carlos Estevez, um, <laughs> from the Colorado Rockies. Nate, I would love our initial, and that was a joke, by the way. I would. Yes, yes. Love, <laughs> I'm glad you got that. Um, love to know your initial thoughts on the signing, and I'll give mine after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, uh, initial thoughts. Why? Why $6.5 million? Like, it's a lot of money for a guy who's not going to be, like, the for sure back-end guy. And that that's the frustrating thing for me. I mean, you know, I'm a big closer guy. I think closers are, are important. And, you know, we could have easily gotten a closer for this amount of money, maybe even a little bit more. But, I don't know, it, it's just tough when you got guys like Alex Reyes who could easily be one of the best relief pitchers in baseball if healthy. You've got Craig Kimbrell, who it's going to be interesting to see how much he makes. Like he could get somewhere between seven to $10 million as well. Um, there's just a bunch of different guys. And I'm not a huge fan of spending money on non-closers. Like I think you either have starters who didn't make it in, in the org who could turn into really good uh, relievers, or you have guys that, could be got on minor league deals like we did with Davinsky and Holder and and how we've done in the past with with C-Sheck and and Watson. So I, I don't think it was necessary, but there is a little bit of hope that, you know, maybe he turns into a, a legit back-end guy, but I don't know. He throws 97 to 100, very average slider. Hopefully it's better outside of course. I know the numbers are better outside of course than they are uh, in course, but I don't know. It's just a head scratcher. I, I wonder how many teams were willing to give him this much money. That's my biggest thing. Yeah. And, and I, I do, I like Carlos Estevez. I don't like the contract plenty. I mean, that's, that's fair. I, I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, the couple things that, that came out of this, that I, that I noticed right off the bat, he's, a, he's reliable. He hasn't really been hurt in his career. Knock on wood. You know, players come to the Angels, they kind of have that weird tendency to get hurt all of a sudden. Not sure what it is, but you know, knock on wood. He's been fairly reliable in, in Colorado. You mentioned that. Um, he's pitched in 60-plus games in uh, four out of the six years there. And if you don't count 2020, I mean, he, when he pitched in 26 games, so he pitched in half the games that season for Colorado. 
Um, he's basically been a 0.5 war guy his entire career, which is in a sense kind of what you look for out of a reliever. I, I agree with you though. I'm not giving a reliever this amount of money. I wouldn't, I, I personally would never give anybody in the bullpen this kind of money. I wouldn't build a bullpen with um with seven million, eight, ten million dollar contracts unless you're going out and getting one of those big guys, Josh Hader, Roldis Chapman. One of those guys, you know, Craig, Craig Kimbrell in the day. You know what I'm saying? Somebody you, yeah. who you can rely on to put up, you know, who who's going to close games out for you. The guy who you're going to be able to give the ball to in the ninth inning and not have to worry about losing the game. Yeah, uh, essentially. Yes. Um, and I know the angels have a couple of these guys waiting in, in, in the minors to, to really like Ben Joyce, who we talked to uh, Eric Torres is really interesting. Luke Murphy. I mean, they have a plethora of guys, uh, Chris Rodriguez as well as coming off injuries. Um, again, the couple things that I noticed reliability, hundred percent. Um, I, 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 97 miles an hour and doesn't strike out a lot of guys. Yeah, that means weird. there's something there, right? You get somebody, I, you mentioned already, you get somebody out of Colorado and we'll bring up his splits here in a second. You get somebody out of Colorado, the ball doesn't move there as much. And we saw that in break, I believe, um, his slider breaks two inches less in Colorado, the split finger, which he also has as well breaks three inches less in Colorado. I would assume the, the fastball has less horizontal movement on it. Um, so so you get a guy out of Colorado at all, and you have a good feeling he's going to be better. Again, uh, however, I go back to the contract. I'm not a huge fan of the contract uh, by any means. Um, but this makes the Angels bullpen kind of interesting. You know, I I know that, you know, I, I'm bigger on Ryan Tepera, Ryan Tepera than you are. I think Aaron Lou Way bigger. That's fine. I, I mean, I think at best, Ryan Tepera is your seventh inning guy. I think at best, Carlos Estevez is your seventh inning guy. I think at best, Aaron Loop is your sixth inning left-handed specialist in a, in a good role. I think Jimmy Hurry gets that guy. That's a sixth inning guy that you come in. I, you know, he's going to regress a little bit. I think um, you don't know what you're getting out of Chris Rodriguez. What is Ben Joyce? What is Eric Torres? What are some of these kids? Uh, and, Soriano. Story Lano, who might make the team out of out of, out of spring. I'll let you guys know that. That's my surprise pick. So I don't know. I'm what what is your feeling on the bullpen right now before we get on to shortstop talk? The the biggest thing that's that's a head scratcher for me is typically when you're building a bullpen, you build from the back. You know, you start with the ninth inning and you work your way all the way through with the rolls. And it, it doesn't seem like they're kind of going that way. It feels kind of like let's just get quality pieces and hope those guys fit into a role. And I think that's been a big, big issue with the Angels, especially lately, is guys don't have roles. When you don't have a set role, it's very hard to be successful. Um, you look at the teams that have been really good. I mean, the Astros just did it in the World Series. It was like, I mean, you and I could have managed that team. We we knew exactly who was coming in in the seventh inning. We knew exactly who was coming in the eighth inning. We knew exactly who was coming in the ninth inning. The only only way things changed was depending on if the lefty, you know, if the lefties were up, then maybe it was Nurse. But other than that, you know, you were looking at um, possibly standing uh, Montero, Presley, all all those guys. It was just very very obvious. Like those guys get into a rhythm and a routine of like. Hey, it's the seventh inning. I know my job is to get three outs in the seventh inning and move on. So that's kind of been the biggest head scratcher for me is like, they're not really defining rules is what it feels like. It's just kind of like, let's just get a bunch of guys and hopefully we get outs. Yeah, I'm, 
they don't have an eighth inning guy. They don't have a closer yet. And I know that I'm not a big closer guy, but they don't have that guy to rely on. They don't have that guy to rely on, right? Is that fair to say? Like, if you can call it a closer, because I don't, call, I won't call it a closer. They don't have that reliable guy. Is that fair? Like, they don't have that guy that you can go to in a tough situation, right? That guy that you can bring in, bases loaded in the eighth inning. You're up by two runs. You're up by a run or something like that. Who are you going to, right? You don't know that guy right now. Like, Tapera hasn't shown that he can be that guy. Loop for sure hasn't shown that he can be that guy. I think Quijada was, in a sense, that guy last year, kind of that high-energy guy that you bring in. If Chris Rodriguez is health, healthy, he could be that guy. Uh, of Everyone course, wants it to be Hergit, but Hergit's not really that guy either. Yeah, it it's a very odd bullpen. Um, yeah, it, it's just weird. When, when you look at the successful teams, they are anchored with someone in the back end, and then they work their way, eighth inning, seventh inning, uh, lefty specialist, sixth inning, second lefty and all of a sudden you have your and then you have your long reliever and it's like there's your bullpen and it really feels like the angels are like let's just throw as many arms in a bullpen that we feel are quality as possible and hopefully hopefully we'll be able to get outs in the right situations and you know to pair you might be getting outs in the seventh inning one night and then two nights later you might be getting outs in the ninth inning uh, Estevez, you might be getting outs in the ninth inning and then the sixth inning and you know just hopefully these guys will adapt to you know, be ready whenever your name's called. And the successful bullpens that I've seen, that I've been a part of, that I've um, that that we've seen in the big leagues as well. Like typically, they are very built on rhythm and routine. It's like, hey, I know when I'm pitching, I know when I need to be ready, and, and it makes it really easy because everyone knows whose job it is. Yeah, absolutely. And and just before we get on to, to the shortstop market, of course, um, split wise, first half, second half splits. Um, first half, you had a uh, Stevis had a 517 ERA, second half in 25 innings, he had a 140 ERA. You look at those home and road splits because you have to when it comes to cores and not in cores. Um, his strikeout percentage was Lower at home, 16.8%. He had nearly a 30% strikeout rate on the road. Um, the walk rate at home was 14% on the road. It was just above 5%. You look at the FIP, uh, the FIP at home was 4.51 at home at, on the road. It was 364. So yeah, you, you look at him coming out of uh, coming out of Colorado and you hope there's upside there for me personally. And I'm not going to tell Perry how to, how to build a bullpen because He's done a pretty good job of it so far. Um, I I think I think that there's some you know some very interesting pieces uh, in, in the mix. Um, I, I wouldn't spend money like this on a bullpen. That's just where that's just where I lie. So let's get on a shortstop talk. Um, of course, Justin Verlander signed, not a shortstop. Doesn't matter for the Angels. Pretty interesting. Way too much money. I think we can agree on that. You know, it, it is what it is. The Mets the Mets don't really worry about too much money they worry about can we win a, a a world series that's all that really matters to them so who cares for them yeah. okay shortstop talk now because i kind of went off on a random tangent there i think you got too much money shortstop talk trey turner 11 for 300 million more years more money than i think we had originally thought we were thinking less in, money uh we were thinking in the eight to 275 range correct more more total money, but yes. but less, less AAV, AAV, which I think is the big, big thing to take away from this. You look at um, the way the market typically works is 
hopefully if everything goes the right way, you have the number one player on the market kind of tell everyone else how it's going to work. And we saw it with Jacob deGrom. Jacob deGrom makes his 37. Um, and kind of everyone understands like, hey, if I feel I'm on the same level as Jacob deGrom, I should be shooting for 37 plus. If I feel like I'm close, maybe I'm shooting for 30 to 32. And if I feel like I'm, you know, maybe a little bit less than Jacob deGrom, I'm shooting for 25 and below or something like that. This is big for the Angels to see how much Trey Turner got because now you have Swanson and Bogarts who are not on the same level as Trey Turner. Um, Bogarts is a little bit older than Trey as well, which is which is going to hurt him AAV-wise. But this is huge because I think if you see Carlos Correa gets his 30 to 35, which is what we're expecting, who knows, um, if Trey would have gotten near that 30 to 35 as well, now you're looking at Dansby Swanson and Xander Bogart saying, so there, there's only two of us left. We are the top two shortstops left. We think we should be getting closer to that 30 range. And it's like, ooh, I, I personally don't think Dansby Swanson's worth $30 million. Maybe maybe Xander Bogart's on a on a shorter deal, like a five-year, $30 million sure. But now it, it could push that, that number a little bit lower for both those guys where it becomes – financially possible that the angels could go get a Xander Bogarts on a five at 125. So I, I think this is very huge. It helps the angels out really good for Trey Turner, really good for the Phillies. That team's going to be awesome. That team's going to be a lot of fun to watch, but I think the big thing to look at is how much is this going to help the angels if they really are going to dive into that shortstop market. Yeah. And I expect they're in on, uh, on a couple shortstops. Like we mentioned before, uh, they came in second in uh, Carlos Correa last year. They were in on Seager. They were in on shortstops last year. I wouldn't be surprised if they were quietly sneaking around trying to get a shortstop here as well. Um, and yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it comes down to two shortstops at the end of the day. I think it comes down to Correa and I think it comes down to um, down to Swanson. Of course, Swanson has the connection with, uh, with Perry and, I think that value-wise, it's a better contract than what you're going to get out of Correa, but Correa is the better player uh, when, when it comes down to it. So I don't, um, I don't have, I don't have a choice there. I don't have a preference. I think Xander is going either back to Boston or going to Arizona, um, and I think that's going to happen this week as well. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens down the road. You got any predictions for this? Xander, I think Xander ends ends up in Chicago somehow. I think he ends up with the Cubs. I think they're really trying to rebuild something there. I, I think he's done in Boston. I think Boston kind of insulted him with their offer, and I, I don't think he wants to go back. I I wouldn't be shocked if Arizona wins that as well. Those are my kind of two teams, Arizona and Chicago. Swanson, don't sleep on the Dodgers. I know everyone if with the Dodgers say Gavin Lux is our guy. They're not they're not used to just just putting guys out there. They're used to having a surplus of guys. So don't be sleeping on Dansby Swanson to the Dodgers. He makes some sense there, especially with how good they are at putting guys in the right spot with, with not being able to shift. Swanson's pretty good defensively might be able to make up for some, some issues that they could have on the defensive side of things. But Carlos Cray is my guy. I think watching the postseason and watching him on network with Grandy and um, J roll, and I forget who the third guy was. I just remember his Grandy and J-Roll. And, and maybe it was Pedro. I think it was Pedro. I say Pedro and, or A-Rod. Yeah, I think it was Pedro. So anyway, those three guys are sitting there and they're asking Carlos Correa, like, 
why do you do the things you do? What do you go into a clubhouse and talk to guys about? And just hearing how he, he told them about some of the analytics and like what makes him a good player, what allows some of his teammates to make more money. I think he would be so beneficial to help a guy like Joe Adele to help a guy like Taylor Ward, take that next step. Luis Rangifo, take that next step. And, and Logan O'Hoppy, like the Angels got some young guys that, that really need to learn how to take that next step. And maybe he even helps David Fletcher. I think one of the big issues that you and I have with David Fletcher is it's not enough walk and it's not enough hard contact. And Carlos Correa talks about the, the big things that are going to help you get more money. It's um, play discipline and it's hard contact. If you can dominate those two things, there's a there's some more into it, obviously. It's not just those three things. But he really talks about WOBA and WRC Plus and, and things like that. So if you're really wanting to take your game to the next level, you need to dominate the plate. You need to be able to tell whether it's a strike or a ball. Take your walks because getting on base means we have a shot for a run. Just because we don't strike out doesn't mean – you know, his what he talks about is his 0 for 10 is way better, and he doesn't use David Fletcher's name, but David Fletcher kind of fits this mold. David Fletcher's 0 for 10 and Carlos Correa's 0 for 10 are completely different. David Fletcher's 0 for 10 are 10 at-bats where he is not getting on base because his walk rate is in the 3 to 5% range. Carlos Correa goes 0 for 10 in his 10 ABs. He probably has four walks in there. That's four opportunities for him to help his team get four runs. That's an opportunity for him to, you know, do something else. And then you look at the hard contact rate. Yeah, maybe Fletcher goes four for 10. Maybe Correa goes two for 10. But Fletcher's are all singles. Correa hits two. Both of his hits are extra base hits. Maybe one's a home run. Maybe one's a double. There are more opportunities for him to uh, score runs and get runs, uh, which I think is very, very beneficial. Would be huge to kind of teach Joe Adele, hey, You've got to master the plate. You need to understand plate discipline is the number one thing for you to get better. And, and I don't know. There's just a lot of guys that really could benefit from him being in the clubhouse, being in the locker room, and kind of talking to guys. So that's why he's my number one. I kind of fell in love with him when he was talking about all that. You don't got to sell me on him, man. I want a shortstop. I've said that for uh, – I think we've been saying that since uh, last season. So, uh, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast here at Talking Halos. You're going to make us Best Angels podcast out there. We really do appreciate it. If you could subscribe wherever you are listening or watching, go ahead and follow us on all our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook uh, for more hero information. Of course, if you're looking to you know, maybe get into writing, shoot us a message. We're looking for writers, of course, as always. So, guys, as always, thank we you so much. We just had one go out. We did. We just had an article go out. Always yes. getting that. I mean, all, all the time. So, why the angels need a shortstop? Weird. Go read it. Weird, right? It's a good read. Good read. Shout out to Boy Diego. So, uh, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. 
Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.